Welcome to One More Thing. Today we have Mark Stewart with Audio Drilling and also Hands and Feet Ministry, right? Yeah, Hands and Feet Project. So yeah. we'd just like to kind of get to know you a little bit more about you. One is that you, you just had a great, awesome band in the 90s. And I, as most of us, want to thank you for all the things you guys did back then. Well, thanks. It was awesome. We had a great run. You know, the 90s Christian rock music was exploding and we got to be a part of that and see how God took different musical art forms and you know spread the gospel around the world it was incredible was it a, like a collaborative effort for you to come up with those songs because I think a lot of your songs just had such powerful messages yeah you know what the best songs I think are different people coming together I mean I'm for me I couldn't do it by myself so um, like I would, I'm a kind of a pastor's kid, so I would say, here's what I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Like for never going to be as big as Jesus, it was an answer to John Lennon when he said, "Hey, the Beatles are bigger than Jesus." I'm like, it doesn't matter how big you get, you know, you, when you compare yourself to the Creator of the world, you're you're tiny. So um, anyway, that you come up with a theme, and then our guitar player would come up with a riff, and I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. And then the bass player would come up with a bass line, and then collaboratively we would build that song and you know most songs are dropped down from god it's just like whoop and you get them and yeah. somehow they end up on a record it, it's kind of a miracle really um when a song like that happens well like i said so many of your songs just inspired me as a pastor and doing ministry and i've used a lot of your songs for like dramas or retreats and i think that yeah, you guys are, are busy about doing concerts and things, but I don't know, do you guys realize how much impact your guys' music had on <coughs> youth groups and churches? And... You know, probably not, because um, it's it's too kind of big to kind of comprehend, but we get a lot of people that are, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that are 30 and 40 years old now that grew up listening to audio and, and DC Talk or the Newsboys, and we were part of their kind of the fabric of their youth, you know. And um, that's an honor to, to, to you know, to, to have been able to do that. But at the same time, it's just God uses everything he, everybody in, in every way to further the kingdom. So we just kind of feel blessed to be a part of that movement. So I know you went, of course, through a real hard, difficult time there and a challenge with, yeah. with all that, you know, with your voice going, and, and I even know you're writing a book. So Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, I developed an incurable vocal disorder at the top of our career, um, and that was really frustrating, and I felt in many ways abandoned by God because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm out here doing everything I can for yeah. you, and I can't sing anymore. Um, now what, you know, and I, I lost my voice, my band, I lost my marriage, and really my dream to serve God, and, um, you know, so I started just struggling about being really um, jaded and almost angry and disappointed with God, but then I started to serve in Haiti, and there in Haiti with my mom and dad, they were missionaries there. I, you know, I started to take the focus off of my loss in my kind of pity party or just, and I started to focus on other people and other people's needs. And then that kind of cracked open my heart where God could come in and begin healing me. Because um, I was kind of done. I, I wasn't a 
uh, in disbelief of God, I was just like, you know, you're not as good as I thought you were. But then I I walked through this in Haiti and then I started to see him being good and he started to love me. And then I realized that he was actually the one who touched my voice, that I believe God. So a lot of people would pray for a miracle on my voice. God literally told me a few years later, said, I, I took your voice miraculously. I need you to refocus. I don't need you to be a 50-year-old rock star. I need you to become a voice for kids who don't have a voice of their own. So I started speaking up on behalf of kids in Haiti um, with the Hands of Feet Project, and now I'm a speaker that speaks on behalf of several different organizations that fights for families and, and for kids that are vulnerable around the world. That's really what, you know, one, I think about your purpose. Sometimes when you have a purpose and that changes or it goes a different route, that, that becomes difficult yeah. for, for a person. The other thought was any life that we can impact for Christ matters. Yeah. So every life that you, met, you make a difference in Haiti. You're right. When you start to see the eternity, when, you, and when the scope gets that big, it doesn't matter. You know, God's not going to say, well, I wish you would have made one more record mark yeah he's not going to tell bart miller i wish you would have wrote one more i can only imagine he, you know he's not going to applaud that he's going to applaud how did you treat your wife how did you treat this one poor person that you you know that you've that you drove up on and you had a chance to minister to those, those moments are the moments god's going to applaud us for in eternity it's not the grammy awards or the dove awards it's how we are a father it's how we are a brother or a friend that's also walking in obedience with him really you know that yeah. that i do in my area my this part of the country that i do my my job as follower of christ yeah and just you, be you and your role do you know you follow christ yeah it's when you start to think about oh i wish i was more or i wish my kingdom was bigger but when you start to think about me being a part of his kingdom it's you can relax in the fact that he's working out these things for your good if it's losing your voice Losing a promotion, losing a loved one, God has got you. And um, when you get, you know, to be my age, you can look back and you see his romantic kind of script writing and how he moved and introduced you to people. It's all perfectly orchestrated by God. And um, he, he is a romantic guy yeah. and he loves us. And that's, that's what I've determined or basically found out through my life. One question I have for you, too, is, you know, what would you say to somebody that's going through some dark periods of their own life that could encourage sure. them? Or how did, how did you turn that corner? Well, for, you know, sometimes I was a little stubborn. Sometimes when God wants you to be intimate with him, because he, he wants you out on the deep waters, because yeah. then, then you're desperate for him, right? But when you're, when you're tied up to shore and you're, you're just kind of coasting through life, you've kind of become your own God. You don't need him. You got it on lockdown. Your 501k is working. Your job's good. You got it all figured out. And God's like, I miss you out here because out here I get to be your dad. Out here I get to be in control. So you either have to unleash the ropes and sail out or he's going to send a hurricane. Okay. And he's going to knock you off the mooring. So for me, I got knocked off the mooring. Took my voice. Took my marriage. And in that, he pulls you out into those deep waters. And if you're in deep waters, whether you do it on your own will or he takes you out there, 
that's the opportunity to lean in. Um, those are the most beautiful parts of your whole life is in those valleys. You know, in the valleys where everything grows, on the top of the mountains, there's not a lot of growth. But in the valley is where God can really speak to your heart because you're open, you're vulnerable, and you're desperate. And that's, that's why I love working with impoverished countries or people who are vulnerable. And that's why God calls us to be a part of the poor. Because when you're in Haiti or you're in the Philippines and you're working with the poor, people go, man, I go there and I'm going to go help them, you realize you're being blessed and you don't know why. You're just, because when you're with the poor, they're desperate for God. Yeah. They depend on God for everything. And they're more open to that because yeah. of where they're at. Yeah, know? Jesus is in their midst. He waits for us among the poor. And that's the beauty of, that's one way to knock yourself off your mooring. It, you, know, you don't have to go through a divorce. Just sacrifice and work with the poor and God will show up. So, so what's happening now with your organization and what, what are you guys trying to do in Haiti? Did you guys... Well, the Hands of Feed Project is, is one organization I started. Uh, I speak on behalf of different organizations, but the Hands of Feed is really dear to my heart. We do family preservation uh, for kids that have lost, that ended up in orphan care. We do respite care for kids that have been abandoned, <clears throat> reunification with families. And um, that's what we do. So we have different villages, children's villages, where kids come in, and we love on them to take care of their emotional needs, spiritual needs, and then we fiercely try to reunite them with their parents. That's kind of what we do. Awesome. Um, yeah, and now I'm, you know, it's it. We we've developed Haiti Made, where people you can go to HaitiMade.com and you can shop for okay. products like bracelets or purses, hats and stuff, and that provides jobs. Most, most orphans around the world are abandoned because of extreme poverty. 90% of orphans around the world have parents that just gave up because they, they can't afford to keep their kids. Um, and they're forced to give away their children. So after working in Haiti for years, that's become a big passion of mine, is to help motivate the church and shift their thinking uh, to helping families thrive and, instead of building more orphanages. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to build the establishment of the family. Yeah, and, and get ahead of the problem and stop the problem. So that's been a, a big passion of mine. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, for me, it's an honor and privilege to talk to you, not because I just enjoyed your band and what Ollie Adrenaline did, and I want to thank you for what Ollie yeah. Adrenaline did, but I just appreciate you as a person. Well, thank you. That you're serving Christ, that you're following God, and I know that you're making a difference in the lives of people. Thank, thank you, you so for much. that. That's, what, that's really what life is about. Yeah. Join us uh, Sunday morning at 8.30 or 11 o'clock. Thanks for joining us today. I was a rock star. The lead singer of Audio Adrenaline, a Christian rock band topping the charts of the fastest growing music genre of the 90s. We sold millions of records and for 15 years played to arenas, festivals, and stadiums all over the world. Our platform and our ministry was bigger than I'd ever dreamed. But then, I lost it all. My voice, my band, my marriage, and my dream to serve God. I developed an incurable vocal disorder. I could no longer sing songs of hope and felt abandoned by the God I had told millions about. I was depressed and ashamed, and I was alone. I escaped into Haiti to do mission work. I was there the day the mountains crumbled.
It was there in the rubble that God began to rebuild my life. I found joy, purpose, and I found love. And then something truly unexpected happened. God used my broken and imperfect voice on a different stage to bring hope to those who didn't have a voice of their own. This is the story of how I lost my voice to find 